Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Bonus scoop time. Zolgad Doogie and executive producer, as always, doing a great job, Declan Goff. Doogie, uh, let's start here. College basketball is now, and it's actually great fun, but it's now officially professional sports. Because there, because the transfer portal, the question is who's not in it, not who is, because basically everybody and their brother is now in the transfer portal. I went to Verbal Commits. I think it's verbalcommits.com. I follow them on Twitter, and they have access to the portal. So that is the first outlet <laughs> that continuously puts the names out there of the guys. It's one after another. So... Last I checked, Judd, if you had to guess, so there are, what, 350 Division One basketball teams? I believe it's right in that ballpark, 348, okay. 352, somewhere in the 350 range. Right. How many players currently do you think are in the portal? Oh, boy. Let's see. I mean, the Gophers alone. Uh, I'm going to go with 750. It's over 1,000. Last time I checked, <laughs> it was close to 1,100. Now it wow. changes. You know, minute by minute, I mean, heck, I just saw a kid committed to, I don't know if it was South Florida or somewhere, it doesn't matter. Kids are committing left and right, right? Like last week, Jamison Battle, Luke Lowe, EJ Stevens, incoming to the Gophers. So it changes literally minute by minute. But yeah, last I checked, nearly 1,100 players are in the portal. You're right. It's free agency. And it means more than ever with the expectation that the NCAA will pass this one-time rule, this one-time legislation to allow players to transfer and not have to go through the waiver process. So like Liam Robbins, we'll get to Liam. We can get to him right now, Judd. So the Gophers big man, Liam Robbins, he came from Drake a year ago. He had to go through a process to then have the NCAA approve his waiver for him to play immediately for the Gophers. The NCAA could have said no. They did that to Marcus Carr. When Marcus Carr left Pittsburgh after a coaching change, that was a head scratcher. Mm-hmm. Marcus should have been eligible right away here, but the NCAA, for whatever reason or reason, said, Marcus, no, you need to sit out here. So now Liam Robbins is in the portal. So wherever Liam ends up, it might be where, where his uncle Ed Conroy ends up. Liam, there's a belief that all these players will be eligible right away. So Jamison Battle, right? Two years at George Washington, he's incoming. He doesn't have to worry about going through a waiver process. The expectation is Jamison Battle will be eligible for the Gophers next season. So all these guys that are in the portal, 
they don't have to worry about going through any sort of crazy waiver process. So that's why, because if you go back even last year, Judd, or the year before, it was in the neighborhood of 700, 800 guys in the portal. Nearly every team had a guy or two enter the portal. But I'm just telling you now with, with the expectation that, hey, you don't have anything to worry about. Like, you'll be playing in the fall. Right. Even more guys are, are throwing their, their names out there. Plus, you have guys like Nate Reavers. So Nate Reavers, really good player from Lakeville North, played at the University of Wisconsin. I'm told he's looking at going pro, but he wants to have a backup plan, right? Same with Marcus Carr. I mean, Marcus Carr wants to go make money, but if he doesn't get the right feedback from NBA teams, then maybe he lands at Kentucky or a blue blood. So there's also those guys that may not even play college basketball, but technically they are in the portal right now. Okay, so so Robbins, Marcus Carr, Gabe Kalsher, correct? D- didn't he enter the portal as well? What's the current list of guys that played for the Gophers in 2020 who are right now in the portal? Well, let's go one by one, top of head. So hopefully I don't leave anybody out. Martise Mitchell. Sam Freeman, Trey Williams, all the guys right, you Williams. just said, Jamal Mashburn Jr. Yep. So yeah, Marcus Carr, Gabe Kausher, Liam Robbins. It's what, seven guys? It's incredible. Yeah, it's really incredible. I can see a scenario where Gabe Kausher ends up back here. I went back and forth with his mom. His mom made it very clear. She, her husband, Gabe's dad, they all have, the family has an excellent relationship with Ben Johnson. It's that De La Salle bond, right? That Gabe was entertaining the thought of entering the portal long before the coaching change. A lot of it has to do with, and you could say, hey, just don't pay attention to it, but easier said than done. But Gabe took a lot of heat this past season yeah. for his shooting woes. He didn't show well. And the shooting was off. But I think conveniently, a lot of fans and even media types Forget to mention that, A, he was their best perimeter defender. B, I can make a case, their best passer. I think we also, and I'm guilty of this, conveniently, oftentimes, didn't lay out how putrid a defender Marcus Carr was. (laughs) Civ-like. Marcus Carr did not play an ounce of defense. He fit on the Wolves then. We never, yeah, he would. Yeah, we never, ever mentioned that, right? Because Marcus was such an elite scorer. Yeah. So I think the Kausher camp just they were they were just thrown off by that. So he is weighing his options. I mean, the Badgers have interest. Iowa State has interest. How juicy of a storyline would it be if Gabe Kausher ends up a Wisconsin Badger? But I'm just telling you, Ben Johnson. Be great. Are you kidding me? Is working. Oh yeah, for for those of us who who root for for stuff to talk about. Oh yeah. Provide us fodder. Give us talking points. Oh god, that would yes. be that's great. That would be. As juicy as it gets, but I can tell you that Ben Johnson is working incredibly hard to keep Gabe Kausher. So when Ben came in, he looked at the roster and he said, okay, if I'm not keeping Ed Conroy on my staff, that's something, by the way, I would have done. And he's not? It doesn't appear as if Ed Conroy is going to be on the staff. Interesting. I can't tell you you as we sit here at 12-18 on Tuesday afternoon that it's 100% definitive, although I am led to believe that Ben's had his staff done here for – some time frame. Maybe it's been a day, two days, three days. That Ben knows who his three assistant coaches are going to be. It's just a matter of when they'll choose to, to announce the three names. But yeah, I, I don't have it completely nailed down. But for sake of this conversation, 
those who do know Ed, multiple people have led me to believe that, that Ed Conroy will not be back. So I think Ben looked at that and said, okay, if I keep Ed on my staff, and Ben and Ed have a relationship. They work together on, on one of Patino's staffs. Mm-hmm. I think Ben said, okay, if, if I keep Ed, Liam isn't going anywhere. That's a path for me to keep Liam Robbins. But is that the right move? So then he looked at it and said, okay, I'd really like to keep Brandon Johnson, who's played four years of college basketball. Like Brandon, I'm sure, you know, he can go make some money over in, you know, you name the the foreign country somewhere overseas. So Brandon, that's the way that does he want to play another year of college basketball or go make money. But Ben has been working on keeping Brandon Johnson. He worked hard on keeping Booth Gotch. Booth is in. Booth will be back as a gopher. Hope he shoots He's better. worked hard. Yeah, I think there's more to his game. He's been playing hurt. I'm telling you, he had a good run at Utah. Okay. The shooting numbers weren't there his second year at Utah, but right. I promise you, there's more to Booth Gotch's game than you saw this last year. Then Ben also worked hard on Isaiah Enan, whose shot needs work. Isaiah is back. And Gabe. So Ben looked at the roster and said, if I lose Freeman, fine. If I lose Mitchell, right. fine. If I lose some of these other guys, Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Patino, are like this, super tight, that that was going to be a hard player to keep. Because if you could keep Jamal Mashburn Jr., who has four years of eligibility remaining, I mean, you would do that. He had a good first year in the Big Ten. But Ben, I think, was realistic about that one. But I'm just telling you, the guys that Ben looked at and said, okay, these are the guys I'm working on keeping. Otherwise, because of the 1,100 players in the portal, I'll go pluck a few guys, and he's already plucked low in Stevens and Battle. He'll pluck more that, hey, I have a chance to remake this roster, really rebuild this roster, revamp this roster that was a bottom feeder roster in the Big Ten this this past season. Mm -hmm. Why not blow this thing up? What would be the point in bringing a lot of these guys back? I'll tell you this much. There is a big man from Creighton out of Omaha, last name Bishop, two-year starter at Creighton, really good player. Ben is working super hard on keeping on, on landing him, which I think is a sign because this goes back a few days. That to me was the sign Judd that Ben has known for a few days that, that this Liam Robbins move was going to happen. Sure. It's official today, but based on Ben's actions, he's also been after this, this transfer big man from North Carolina, last name Manley. So just based on some of Ben's actions over the last four to five days, with the portal, yep. I think we could have seen this Liam Robbins move coming. All right, help me out here. And this, what I'm about to ask or say goes well beyond the the uh, Gophers and trying to get guys. How on earth are we supposed to buy that there is not college basketball rampant cheating going on when you have essentially all all of these basically adults. Like, because these are not high school kids now. The, these are established college players. They're adults. They're, they're young, but they're adults. Base, it's free agents, okay? Free agents. I mean, Marcus Carr is a valuable, if you can get him in your Kentucky, free agent. And let's say I got five schools. I'm Carr. Five schools call me. And Kentucky calls me. So, like, we really like you. And I'm going to say, yeah, but what can you give me? Like, how are we supposed to even buy? What is the what is the purpose of the NC two way if we are going to allow this? Which, by the way, I'm enjoying greatly. I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. I'm just saying, why do we continue the facade of amateur athletics when we are condoning free agency? I understand where you're coming from. 
And I'm with you. I mean, players should have every right to do as they choose. Yes. Right? Coaches can leave whenever they want to. So why can't players? And for many players, it works out really well. Look at the kid from UCLA, Johnny. Is it Juzang? Is that how you say his last name? Mm -hmm. He was at Kentucky playing for Calipari. He transfers, right? Devion Mitchell from Baylor, who I think should be a lottery pick, just the way he defends. He was a transfer, right? Didn't he start at Auburn? I mean, there's so many examples of of kids who end up transferring, who end up shining at their new school. I don't know, though. Are you insinuating that you think there could be some some financial payments involved? I mean, there's cheating that happens all the time, Judd. Nope. It's to what point? And and how do you I know, define but this cheating? Is condo- but this but this is now condoning it. The inability to pay players, like you've just opened up the floodgates on a bunch of guys who are good players who can now take their pick, and they can basically negotiate their own deals. My point is, why do we bother with the NC2A existing if we're going to do this? That's what I – there's always been cheating, Dukes, but this is like taking it to another temptation that we've never seen before. No, we haven't. And I don't care. I just don't think that the the NCAA serves a purpose. Well – yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> that's my point. I mean, that's opening a- up Pandora's box. I mean, yes, in in so many ways, we could do we could do multiple hours on on what you just said there, Jed, about yeah. about the NCAA. I will say the best of the best. So, if you want to continue the car dialogue, that Marcus can go pro. It may not be yeah. immediately in the NBA, but he can go get paid that way. Huh? That wherever he lands, if he decides to go the college route for yet another year. I don't think there's going to be financial payments involved. I would not dig on something like that. But it's like, how do you define cheating? Like, if you look back at what Calvin Sampson got fired for in Indiana. Yep. When was that? 08, 07, whatever year that was, 06. You go back 14, 15 years. If you look at why Indiana fired Sampson, it is completely laughable today, right? Like, illegal phone calls to recruits. Like, who gives a bleep? or who cares if Richard Pitino forgot to refill the, the rental car gas tank? I mean, there are so many rules. That's why that's why all these universities have multiple people in their compliance department, right? It's because of crap like that. There are so many stupid rules, right? So, yeah, there is a lot of bending of the rules if you want to define that as cheating going on. But I'm just telling you, I don't know if you are or not, Judd, insinuating financial payment, but I'm just saying oh, the no, best I'm saying that flat out. Yes, I'm, the I'm saying that. The cars of the world, yeah, they'll just go pro. They'll they'll get paid legally. They don't need to take any illegal money from a Kentucky or or another blue blood. Dukes, look at look at the ninety seven golfers who I still contend should hang the damn banner back up. Okay, look at what that was writing papers, writing pa- North Carolina had an entire scandal and passed it off by saying, "Well, our general student population benefited too." They cheated as well, and the NC2A backed off and said, oh, that's fine then. Like, the entire goal, I've, I've said this. If I'm Mark Coyle, I'm holding a press conference yesterday to say, opening night with Ben Johnson, our new coach, we are going to bring Clem and Willie Burton and everybody else we can from the 90s back and celebrate, celebrate the 94 success, and that banner's going back up. Courtney James, it's ridiculous that they got pinched for that and still accept that. I would celebrate 97, and I'm 
Honest to God, I would tell the NCAA to buzz off, get out of my business. You can do what you want. We're putting it back in our record books. You can shove it. Wasn't it the greatest term paper in the history of, of the University of Minnesota, Courtney James, on, on what was it? The menstruation. The menstrual cycle. The menstrual yeah. cycle. <laughs> yes, it was. But I'm with you. Grand scheme of things. Means nothing. Like, whatever. Right? Like, I saw Darren Ravel. Last night, now this is not a tweet I would have sent, but if you go to Darren Ravel's Twitter page, he pointed out how most of the Baylor team, it's like one of two or three majors, right? Kinesiology, you know, whatever it is, you know, exercise, you know, and and I don't know what the hell he was insinuating. I guess he was insinuating that, hey, they're there really just to, you know. Play basketball. Cultivate cultivate a, a professional career, right? Yes. Like help Baylor basketball as much as you can, then go make money playing basketball. Like who cares yes. what your what your degree is in, you know? But I hear you. I mean, really, like you go back and look. Yeah. And I mean, even, you know, Ben Johnson will tell you, I don't know if he's talked about this openly or not, but I, I think he would if you asked him that, like he was happy to hear from Bobby Jackson. Right, like a lot of ex players have reached out to him the last couple of weeks. Yep, he couldn't wait to take that phone call from Bobby Jackson. Eric Harris, you know, when he was in town before he moved, he was out of town, moved here for I don't know eighteen to twenty four months. Now he's down in Miami. I still keep in touch with Eric Harris, the point guard. Yeah, on that ninety six ninety seven team, like the Dunkers Club welcomed him to do some chats, and huh. you know, all these people affiliated with the university. Like they're welcoming him in with, with open arms, right? John Thomas is celebrated, rightfully so. Great guy, you know, great guy. You know everything he's done with with the Wolves and and social justice and everything. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah. Let's let's move on. It's it's been twenty five years at this point, twenty four years. Let's celebrate. Let's that celebrate. It. Yeah, that's exactly. For, for those of us your age, my age, I'm 41. You're a bit older. I'm 10 Maybe years Declan old. Maybe Declan doesn't doesn't remember it big no, time. Doesn't. But <laughs> like I was, I was in '97, March of '97. I was a senior in high school. Like that was the peak of my fandom. Yeah, I had not been jaded yet. I was doing some work at the time at KFAN in a mentorship type program. I was doing a little bit of work at Channel Five, but I had not been skewed right. Like I, I hadn't been eaten alive by by this business, by this industry quite yet. So I was still, <laughs> you know, a gopher aficionado, right? Like to a T. Like I was wearing my my maroon and gold Zubas, right? And and I was cheering loudly Zubas. the Clemson game and the UCLA game and yes. then into the Final Four, the Kentucky game, and Eric Harris gets hurt. It was great. And who knows what happens if Eric doesn't get hurt? Like it it it, it still lives in my memory banks. It lives in yours. I guarantee it lives in the memory banks of a lot of people who will watch or listen to this. So, yeah, let's not run away from that. I'm with you on that. Twin scoopage. What What do you have on the uh, – on? Uh, let's start with J.D. Donaldson, you think he's back before May 5th or so? So it's April 6th. Yeah, I will take the under okay. on May 5th. Now, he may come back, and he may be back on the injured list by, you know, Cinco de Mayo or whatever date you just threw out. But, yeah, I think – there is optimism internally that that this is not a, a four week type injury that that he can return sooner rather than later. But at 35 years old, the way he has broken down, yeah. there clearly is is reason to be concerned moving forward. But but more immediately, yeah, I do anticipate him being back soon. I'm Buxton. 
I was told it was either a quick 24-hour stomach, you know, flu-type situation, or it was food poisoning. But definitely isn't COVID. Byron Buxton is okay. I know he's not in the lineup today, but he's fine. Hey, on Josh, what do you think the long play is here? I mean, there's, including 2021, three years left on that contract. As you said, Dukes, he's 35. He clearly has chronic leg problems here. What is, what's the workaround here to try and keep him healthy as possible? Because he plays third base, which, you know, puts pressure on your legs. Um, you know, he tried to leg out a double and got hurt. And and he talked about in the Zoom that he did a couple days after he got hurt in Milwaukee, he talked about the fact that he is trying to put more pressure on his hamstrings uh, to take the pressure off his calves, and that clearly didn't work out. What's your assessment of what they're going to try or what they can do here? Because it just it seems not not only frustrating, it seems like it's very difficult to find a way to consistently keep him healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly frustrating. He's got two more, year, two more years left in his contract after this year. It was a four-year, $92 million deal. We're seeing now why, why the Braves, who had him in-house, decided not to go that long term-wise and certainly not that big money-wise. You know, the Braves had the book on him, yep. having him for that year. Maybe that should have been a red flag, but if you're the Twins – and you feel like you're knocking on, on the door of, of seriously contending for a championship, like sometimes you need to go over the top to attract a free agent, right? So I don't think they were getting Josh if they went lower than that. Josh would have held out, and he would have gone elsewhere. So if you're the Twins, a medium market type team, you got to roll the dice from time to time. I think long term, I mean, you have to look at the DH spot, right? I mean, as much as, as Nelly Cruz is, is raking right now, that was fantastic yesterday. Monday in Detroit, he's on the one-year deal. Like, I don't I don't see the path to Nelly Cruz being back in a Twins uniform one year from now. Even if he wants to play until he's 44 or 45, he can find a job elsewhere, I think, by next year. Now, who the heck knows what will take place with the CBA expiring in <laughs> right. December. My, my but I think, we're looking at, I think we're looking at a universal DH-type situation where we're starting next year. The National League will have the DH. That will open up possibilities for, for Nelly. There were teams like the Dodgers and – the Braves and some others that kicked the tires back in the winter, but there was just so much uncertainty about whether the the DH would be in the national league this particular year. But I'm just saying if Nelly Cruz wants to play next year, he can go play somewhere next year and probably sign an okay contract, maybe not 12 or 13 million, but somebody will pay him a little bit. But if you're the twins, you open up that DH spot. Unfortunately, as good as the defense is, you still want Josh's bat in that lineup as often as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to keep that DH spot open for Josh for the next couple of years. When do you think we see Kirilov here? I mean, the easy answer would be April 21st or April 22nd, right? When you but look he at the play the game. time clock. But he want to play the game then? No, he, he won't have. And, and that's why I think it'll be after he plays at least a few games for the Saints. So the Saints open up on, on what is it, May 4th or yeah. May 6th? May 4th. You know, so, so sometime – Sometime in mid-May. I mean, the beauty for the Twins right now is if you look at the schedule for the next eight, nine games, you know, these games against Detroit that flows into a series against Seattle, then they play the lowly Boston Red Sox. They should be able to win seven or eight of these next nine or ten games, create some separation, you know, from from the 500 line. Like, they can win games right now without Kirilov in the lineup. I mean, the idea would be 
once Kirilov is up here, he's going to be in the lineup every day. So let him go rake a little bit at AAA, hopefully succeed. I don't want to overrate March numbers, but Kirilov's March numbers weren't there. I think we can look at it for some younger guys, especially guys that, that didn't play in many games or any games in 2020. For a guy like Max Kepler, sure, I get it. Dismiss what the hell he did in March, not a big deal. Max Kepler will be okay. But for a guy like Kirilov, I think we had to look at those numbers and those at-bats a little bit, even though it was only 30 or so at-bats. But he needs a little bit more seasoning. That's fine. So let him play for the Saints for a little bit. But I do think at some point, I don't know, Judd, if it'll be May 20th, May 18th, June 10th. He'll be up here. But yeah, he'll yeah. he'll be up here at some point. I'm I'm positive that I'm still on record saying, you know, write that down that that at some point Kirilov is going to win a batting title. All right, it's one start, so so small sample size. I will admit to that. But if Jose Barrios has a big year, and and let and let's just say for, for the sake of this conversation right now, an August that's strong because that's been his Achilles throughout his big league career so far. What is his value going up to? Like, at, at what point in time, if the Twins don't get something done with Barrios, when he hits the market, does he do so in in a situation where financially he might be almost unsignable for the Twins because you're going to get the Yankees and the Dodgers and those type of teams after him? Well, I mean, if you look over the next couple of years, you know, Hap is off the payroll, Cruz is off the payroll. So the Twins do have financial flexibility. They, they, if they have to, they can pay Barrios. Now, some other team, if he ever gets to the point of outright free agency in a couple of years, that's where it could get that's what, yeah. somewhat dicey. That's what I'm saying. I think if you look at, that. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The McCullers Jr. extension in Houston was what, five and 95, five years, 95 million? Five years, $85 million, somewhere in that ballpark. Barrios, even before the start the other day and how good he looked in March down in Fort Myers, I would have told you just based on, on quality of work to this point mm-hmm. that Barrios is the better pitcher. Not significantly better, but a better pitcher than McCullers Jr. So if he got 585, you know, we're talking 5105, 5110, you know, I mean, somewhere in that in that vicinity, if you're talking six years, probably still the same annual value. So yeah, I mean, the price is going to go up. Yeah. I mean, if he succeeds in August, look out. I mean, the price is going to skyrocket. He's represented by the Wasserman folks, Joel Wolf and those guys. They don't mess around. They're not going to take, they're not taking a Blake Snell deal. No hometown discount for the twins. Come on. No, they're, they're not. They're really not. They also have Kenta Maeda, by the way. So maybe if the Twins want to do a little one-two punch, He's, although Maeda's under contract for what is it, three more years, how four did they, more years? How did they sign it's that contract? It's one of contract? the greatest contracts. Yeah, it's one of the greatest contracts in the game. It's a bargain basement yeah. contract, and he's an. If people he's haven't seen. Yeah, you need to Google Kenta Maeda contract details. Any number of websites have have the details. It is unbelievable the the contract that the Dodgers got him to sign. I don't know if that was based on on when his overseas team as his Japanese team posted him. I don't remember all the particulars. Uh, my memory just isn't that strong, but the contract is off the charts. Uh, but I'm just saying if the twins want to do a, you know, a make good on, on Kenta and say, okay, you far exceeded the terms of your current contract. We'll yep. rip that up, give you a raise. There could be a little one, two punch there, knock out Barrios and Mayetta, but specifically on Barrios. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to take a ton of money. Wolves scoopage. What's going on at uh, with, with the Wolves? Well, at least there's some intrigue now, right? D'Angelo Russell yeah. is back. So there's intrigue with these final, what is it, 20 or 21 games. They did get vaccinated this morning. So they had a light practice this morning. They play who? Indiana tomorrow. Yeah, but there's there's intrigue now, right? We want to see how yeah, Russell absolutely. and Edwards will coexist. It's unfortunate that Malik Beasley is now out four to six weeks. So on Beasley, I was told by somebody close to Malik on Saturday, I didn't put it out there because injuries are always a slippery slope. Yeah. But I was told that this is a short-term injury, that there's no cause for concern. He then went back in for a second opinion. That's when they did the MRI, and it was revealed that there's a lot more going on there than they originally thought. So he's out four to six weeks. I don't see the point in rushing back from a hamstring injury. So, like, to me, Malik is, in all likelihood, out for the season. But even so, with D'Lo, with Edwards, with Cat, with McDaniels, let's see how, how it plays out here, the, the final 20, 21 games. I will say this roster still needs work. I heard our yeah. guy Jim Peterson, who – and trust me, I have league pass, so I watch a lot of telecasts. Jim Peterson is the best it's- local analyst – in the game. He's he fa- just is. He is fantastic. He he is one of the best in sports, I think. I think he is, too. You learn something yes. by listening to him. Yes. You really do. But he made a point right. last night that I will take exception with, that he really feels like if, if, for the most part, this roster had stayed healthy, intact, this entire 72-game season, that, that Pete believes that Gerson thought that this would be a, a team that would be right there in playoff contention. And when I say playoff contention... Remember the play-in tournament this year, so the playoffs are really the top 10 seeds, not the top eight. Yep. So you have some leeway there with seeds 9 and 10, but that Gerson really thought that the roster he assembled could have competed for for a playoff spot. And Jim Pete said, you know what? I also believe that, that if Gerson believes that, I'm with Gerson on that. With Ryan Judd, as coach? I'm sorry. Well, that that's part of it. That's my, and you know be- that in many ways I'm I'm a Ryan apologist, but yeah, let's not forget. Yeah. Ryan was the coach. This was and still is the youngest roster in the league. It's a it's a roster that still lacks some toughness, lacks some some mental maturation that will take place with with experience, but just lacks it right now. Yep. It lacks enough two-way guys. Like this roster has all sorts of issues. Yeah. To be the 10 seed right now in the Western Conference. The Wolves would have to have 12 more wins. I'm sorry, Jim Pete. And again, you're my guy. You teach me so much about the game. You forget more about basketball in two seconds than I'll ever know. Yep. But on that opinion, I just so badly disagree with Jim Pete. I just I don't see I don't see the 12 more wins that would now have them in 10th place in the Western Conference. Two things off of that. One, if Chris Finch is coached from day one, maybe I, I can get closer to believing that. But He's a good coach. Yeah. Judd, he's he knows he's a doing. really good coach. Uh, yeah. But the other thing is, I don't think, if they stay healthy, so like if Cat if does not go down, and it, but especially D'Lo, okay? So let's say they play, and, they're, and they turn out to be pretty good, but they are the duo that the Wolves envisioned to the degree that they're on the court together. Ant does not develop like Ant has, and Ant is an absolute key here. So so the revisionist history of if they don't have guys go out, I think Ant right now is developing sort of, 
but he he was put on accelerated development wise because uh, of guys being out and hurt, which actually helps Ant. So I guess I'm with you, and I don't agree with Jim Pete because I think the face of this roster is very different if if guys don't go out. With you, not only Ant, but Jaden McDaniels. Yep. To a lesser extent, Jalen Noel. You're right. And, like, you're also assuming that how many wins do they have right now? 12 or 13, whatever it Keep is. Keep talking, I'll tell you. I, I got it right it's here. It's somewhere in that, in that vicinity. Yep. You're also, I think, dangerously assuming that with a full roster, you're still winning all those games. I'm not sure you're winning all those games. Like, they won a game in Phoenix, right? Anthony Edwards was unbelievable. Yep. Do they win that game with D'Angelo Russell? 13 wins, by the way. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced of that. No. How many? 13. 13 wins. 13. 13 wins so, right now. That's do they have – and, and last night was close to, you know, the full complement. So let's say 12. Let's go on that number of 12. Yep. Are you positive that the Wolves have all 12 of those wins Mm-mm. with Russell no. healthy the entire season? No. I'm not. And Beasley not suspended. I'm not. But I, I do think that, that and, you know, uh, Gerson has talked about this, and I, I tend to agree. It's a little bit cliched. But I do think that this roster w- will have a much better idea after a training camp with Finch and these players and him installing his system. Because with the pandemic shortened schedule, Dukes, how much of, of his – his schematics are in place. 12, you know, or 20%, 15%. It can't be a ton yet. So, like, I, I don't think that we can get a real gauge on this thing as far as how it's going to look until they get through a training camp in the fall, probably. Yes, but I hope they don't feel like, hey, we'll just run back with pretty oh, much yeah. this I'm entire roster. Yeah. Right? Like, and, and Gerson knows this. I mean, he was, he was, he was aiming to to trade for a power forward, you know, really, really hard before the deadline. As he yep. told me, if they wanted to trade Anthony Edwards, they would have landed John Collins or landed Aaron Gordon, but they weren't going to do that. But the opportunities were there if he wanted a, a short-term fix. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the roster still needs work. Now, I'm open-minded. Dane Moore has convinced me on this. Dane, who does a great job. You, you guys have had him on. He's great. does a great job covering the Wolves. Yep. He's done a good job convincing me that that Cat can be a four. That Cat might be better off guarding the perimeter, not guarding the interior. That maybe you need to find the right five man hmm. to complement Cat. Then you play McDaniel's at the three, Edwards at the two. I guess D'Angelo then is is at the one. Malik Beasley is your sixth man, but maybe that should be the number one target. But I don't know if they'll go that route. I think it's still Cat at the five. Interesting. And they look they look for the right four man. Yep. But that McDaniel's is still is still the three man. And and we're talking like the NBA is is very much, you know, full of, of defined positions. It's not. I mean, a lot of the game is positionless. Yep. You are who you can guard. So when I say a five man, a four man, a three man, I'm talking about on defense. On offense, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, at different times, Anthony Edwards can initiate the offense, D'Angelo Russell. So I'm not fixated on the one, two, and three on the offensive end. I am on the defensive end. Who are you guarding? Right. And I'm just saying, Dana's convinced me that that I think long-term, Cat can guard four men, that, that he can guard the perimeter, that maybe they should find a five-man. But either way, whether it's a four-man or a five-man, that's the number one goal. 
this offseason to find a front court mate to, to fully compliment Cat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, go from there, right? But this roster, they need to 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 fix it in, in so many different ways. And it has warts. And, and guess what? The Western Conference isn't slowing down. But yeah, I, I look forward to Chris Finch, who's an excellent coach. I'm convinced of that. Yep. Give him a, a full preseason, a, a full training camp to really implement. I don't know if it's 15 or 20%, Judd, but we know it's not 75%. No, it's not even close, 80. I'm sure. No, it's not even no close way. to that. So yeah, give him time. You know, let guys come in in the summer, get some individual workouts in with Chris. Chris is going to, you know, remake the staff in some ways. A, a lot of the coaches are on on team options for next season. So, like, it's hard for me to see Brian Gates back. It's hard for me to see David Vanterpool back. Yep. Some guys will be back, though. But Chris will bring in some some new coaches, get the guys in here for, for workouts in the summer, go from there. I don't think they're, like, exceptionally far away. And, like, just for this franchise to compete for a playoff spot next season – would be a big step up. I'm not expecting them to all of a sudden be in the final four. No, but they can be competitive. But they can compete. Yeah, but just compete. Be be competitive. And I I don't think they're they're terribly far away from that. Is Jared Culver hopeless? I would have traded him long ago that that I felt like and and I try to I try to refrain from from jumping to, to immediate conclusions with young guys that they're really like you should give them something like an 80 to 100 game sample size before really formulating strong opinions. But for, for myriad reasons, you know, talking to people from the big 12 that I know, you know, going back to, to, you know, him blossoming his second year at Texas tech, you know, just even him being a lesser recruit coming out of high school and just the success of, of a lot of these top NBA guys or even good NBA guys. They were, they were really good players just back, you know, as juniors and seniors, in high school, Jarrett wasn't necessarily that wasn't horrible, mm-hmm. but wasn't necessarily that really made this big jump freshman to sophomore year, which is a credit to him. Then Texas Tech and Chris Beard go in that unbelievable run, play for the championship here at U.S. Bank Stadium. And he's thrust onto this pedestal. But like, I didn't necessarily see it then. I was not anti the pick. I thought, OK, maybe, you know, but then I just I saw enough that rookie year and I'm like, Boy, if if I can get something for him, all it takes is one team to still be in love with the number six overall pick. Like, yeah, I would I would do it. And so at this point, after seeing more, you know, and and he's dealt with some injuries this year, which which is unfortunate. But yeah, I would I would still be of the mindset. The problem is I I don't sense the league is is knocking down the door <laughs> for Jarrett Culver. I, I just I don't sense that, but yeah, if there's an opportunity to move on from Jarrett, yep. if he needs to be a throw-in in some sort of trade this summer, I would do it if I were Gerson. Final scoop, sir. Go ahead. I had a nice conversation with J.T. O'Sullivan yesterday. Remember? Oh, G. you did T. talk to him. Okay, O'Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. I covered him twice. Yeah, so, uh, th- third yeah. QB in Green Bay, and then here. Really good guy. So he does a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Yep. He's also a high school coach in the San Diego area. So he does draft breakdowns. He told me he loves the Texas A&M quarterback, Kellen Mond. I can tell you, Judd, the Vikings have done pretty good homework on some of these middle-tier quarterbacks. Maybe even some of the upper echelon ones, too. Good. I don't think they're landing one of the upper echelon ones, but they have seven picks Mm -hmm. between pick 78 and pick 157. Why can't they take a quarterback somewhere among those seven picks? They can I think it, I think it's a distinct possibility 
So whether it's Mond, Kyle Trask of Florida is another name that the Vikings have done a good amount of homework on. Ian Book of Notre Dame. There's a bunch of guys. Jamie Newman, who played at Wake Forest. I'm just saying, don't dismiss the possibility. The Vikings haven't done it very often, you know, with Rick Spielman in charge. I guess it would have been Teddy in 2014. Nate Stanley last year in the seventh round when the Vikings had a million picks, 15 picks or whatever it was. But I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be overly shocked if the Vikings went quarterback in the middle rounds this year. All right, sir. Talk to you soon, Dukes. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. See you, John. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.